Welcome to the Emergency Management Network Podcast. Emergency Management's trusted voice, sponsored by Disaster Tech and Titan HST. One of the things that we are known for in emergency management is meetings. And I believe meetings are overrated. And I have to admit that I've been known to call and chair my fair share of meetings, so I am not throwing rocks in a glass house. Part of the reason why I'm posting this piece is to remind my team and me to keep all of us accountable to each other when it comes to our meetings. When we talk about meetings, I'm not talking about those simple one-on-ones or briefings that we conduct. I'm talking about meetings that involve several people. And these type of meetings tend to be unproductive and time suckers. In general, we call meetings for a variety of reasons. However, decision-making is not one of them. And getting feedback on a subject can be done in other, more effective ways. So let's set some guidelines for meetings. And first, the guidelines is when in doubt, do not call a meeting. Question every meeting you have on your calendar. Are you having the meeting just for the sake of it? And if the answer to that question is yes, then cancel the meeting. What is the reason for a meeting? Well, if you're working on a project such as emergency operations plan and you need to give or receive updates to the team, well, then the meeting may be a practical use of time. But meetings come at a cost. And consider that when calling for one. Think of time as money. You need to spend people's time wisely. And consider the time required to plan for that meeting, the agenda that you need to make, and what projects team members are working on. And that doesn't even include the loss of productivity during the actual meeting. Many people have different agendas, views, and concerns. And when a group is in a meeting, are they in the right mindset to meet? In some cases, these differences create quality conversations. In other ways, they cost the team extra time and harm productivity. And you need to manage that conversation as well. And managing a conversation is a loss of productivity and loss of time. As we have better and more efficient communication methods, the trend is to move away from in-person meetings or Zooms, and we need to be more thoughtful about when we call for these meetings. And here are five justifications for requesting the meeting. First, ask for the meeting when you must make significant or essential decisions that impact the organization. In that case, a face-to-face forum allows you to have a discussion that you need. And the face-to-face meetings are critical if the team expects to have a voice in that decision. Next, use meetings to make significant announcements. When impactful events, announcing strategic directives, or unexpected changes have occurred, consistency in message and delivery is vital. So, for example, maybe the organization has decided to acquire another organization. Or perhaps critical government regulations just change that will affect the team. And delivering the message uniformly to everyone in a meeting can be very useful. Another good reason for the meeting is a kickoff meeting. As emergency managers, we need to lead that meeting for new large-scale projects. Kickoff meeting provides many benefits. And these include fully explaining the new initiative, ensuring stakeholders' role clarity, setting goals and expectations concerning performance of the new project. The kickoff meeting also allows stakeholders to ask questions, allowing you to establish two-way dialogue to ensure that everyone is on the same page. Another great reason to have a meeting is called 
a pre-mortem. And a pre-mortem is a meeting designed to imagine everything that could go wrong once a project goes live. It's a typical planning meeting that should identify a smaller number of issues that might become challenging or obstacles while working on the project. And it's a great time to proactively and preemptively decide on a strategy for dealing with these predictable bumps in the road in contrast to a pre-mortem that is a post-mortem. And following the completion of any considerable effort, it is helpful to call a meeting to gain closure and to ensure learning is captured in a way that benefits future projects. And think through the problems that are solved and the solutions used and the resources employed and any new or any new contacts that the group has made and capture all this information so that later the team doesn't have to reinvent the wheel when facing similar challenges. Postmortem is a great time to say thank you and recognize achievements. Meetings can be helpful, but often aren't if you're facing one of the situations we just discussed. So great, call the meeting. Otherwise, resist that urge and instead rely upon individuals or subgroups of individuals as more efficient means of getting work done. But if you do, you'll have fewer but more productive meetings. Now deciding who should attend the meeting. What makes the most efficient meeting? How many people should be there to maximize productivity? And there is no correct answer. As my friend would say, invite the smallest amount of people required to get the job done. Remember, adding people to a recurring meeting when necessary is easy. Removing people is next to impossible. It is also wise to minimize the hierarchy levels in any meeting. The fewer brass in the room, the better the conversation. And I know this. I am now one of the brass and I can kill a good working conversation. If you have any doubts about inviting an individual to a meeting, don't invite them. You should ask for one of three main types of people in the meeting. The experts, the affected, and the stakeholder. The expert has detailed knowledge and relevant talent related to the topic at hand. And the experts provide fine-grained expertise in the trenches, operational knowledge that's required for success. Next, we have the affected. These are the individuals or groups that will be forced to live with the decisions that are made during this meeting. And they are concerned and they often make outstanding meeting participants and having them present helps lay the groundwork for future implementation of any decisions made during the meeting. And we must also consider stakeholders. This high level person openly supports the project and the team's work. And the more critical the project, the more you must clarify to the stakeholders who they are. Although they only need to attend meetings occasionally, a few appearances will make their presence felt and signal substantial support. Thus, everyone involved will understand the importance of the work. Unfortunately, opposed to inviting the people we just discussed, people in charge of the meetings often request people who don't need to attend. So let's be clear. There are three people that you want to avoid inviting. Don't invite too many experts beyond the number that you really need to have. If you have like 20 engineers with the needed knowledge, you don't need to invite all of them. Recall, your goal is to have the fewest people required. And also, don't feel compelled to invite someone merely because they have been associated with the topic. Many people think that asking someone is like a type of courtesy. No! Unless they are the expert or the sponsor you need, don't allow your meeting overhead to grow by inviting non-essential personnel. And finally, this is the big one. This is huge. You don't want to invite people that you feel are necessary there for only for political reasons. A political appointee in a meeting is someone who you think you should invite. Because if you don't, you think that the other leader might feel shunned or annoyed. 
So anytime someone is in the meeting, the people wonder why or perceive it's political, and the conversation will be stalled, and the meeting will be unproductive, and nothing will be ruining a tremendously collaborative discussion in a meeting faster than the presence of, some, of a spy. Meetings don't have to be bloated and unproductive. Not if you focus clearly on inviting only the right people. That's the experts, the affected, and the sponsors. Effective meeting rules. Productive meetings are more than knowing when to call a meeting and inviting the right people. Meetings are helpful when a clear plan and decent facilitation skills. Every great meeting operates within a specific parameter defined by a few thoughtful, mutually agreed upon rules. And after initially social interaction ceases and the session begins, it's helpful to know any relevant meeting rules briefly. And when stating the meeting rules, there are several common ideas for you to consider. First, make a rule number one, that all members must arrive on time and prepared. And meetings have a palpable and emotional mood. Nothing spoils the atmosphere in a meeting quicker than participants who show up late and unprepared. Next, clarify meeting boundaries. Start by highlighting the goal of the meeting and establish the scope of what the conversation will be. And this rule reduces meeting creep. And meeting creep is the unintended and unexpected shift of direction into topics not central to the purpose of the meeting. It is also valuable to note relevant, acceptable, and unacceptable behaviors during a meeting. Aside from showing up on time and prepared, there are several typical examples. Be critical, but also optimistic to avoid interrupting others or unnecessary use of electronic devices during the meetings. And one of the most important meeting rules involves decision-making. Specifically, the group will benefit from agreed-upon rules for making a decision. And that's like, don't use the oversimplified voting techniques or Rob's rules. Those are important in some cases, but to be an efficient meeting, just less ideas of, of we all agree on something. Voting always has winners and losers. Instead, consider this approach. The single most important method is to strive for consensus through discussion. And sometimes, however, an agreement is ambiguous, even high-performing teams. Ask people whether or not that they are meaningfully brought in. So, for example, the 70% rule. If someone is 70% agreement, they agree to support the group's decision. A rule like this allows us to make progress when consensus is difficult. One of the least extraordinary meeting rules concerns penalties. So what are meetings penalties? If you don't follow the agreed upon rules, there should be penalties. Why? Because all teams know that behaviors have consequences. And think about simple ideas such as putting a dollar in the team's lunch fund if you arrive late. Your use of penalties can and should be fun but using them is very important if you want to positively shape meeting behavior. Meetings don't have to be long or unproductive, and I want you to develop a version of the rules as we discussed, and when you do, they will help you accomplish more and more at every meeting. Meeting tools and roles. You can improve every meeting by using the right tools and understanding which roles members need to fill. So let's start with the meeting tools. There are three most essential meeting tools are the agenda, the parking lot, and the team member homework. Contrary to popular opinion, creating and using an agenda doesn't have to be elaborate. The key to effective agenda is that it must be easy to understand and to facilitate correctly. And if you're running the meeting, it is your job to stay on topic and the agenda. Next, realize significant agendas follow schedule. 
Before the meeting even begins, most people know when to submit any issues that they wish to include on the agenda, ensure deadlines are set several days before the meeting, and a timeline is known to all attendees. It is also vital to ensure agenda integrity, so you want to stick to the list of the issues on the agenda. And there might be occasional exceptions, but this is a general great rule. Further, the order of the items should be strictly followed since they were assembled in order of importance. Try not to let personal interest, avoidance of difficult decisions, or overt political moves to change the order of the agenda items. And the following tool, the parking lot, it helps you avoid scope creep, which was mentioned earlier. And the parking lot might be a computer file, a whiteboard, a pad of paper. Use a document critical work-related tangents that pop up during meetings. And if someone brings up a topic that needs to be addressed, but not now, given the scope of the current meeting, it goes in the parking lot to be reviewed later. When used effectively, it's a great way to capture important ideas and validate member participation while keeping you on track. And the final tool is simple but essential, homework. All members must commit to showing up prepared and by having completed any assigned reading or analysis. If someone has not done their homework, you guessed it, and the team might want to impose a fun, straightforward penalty as a reminder. It's also helpful to mention the three most important roles that support productive meetings. They're the facilitator, the scribe, and the devil's advocate. The facilitator is a process observer who watches for adherence to the meeting rules, monitor behavior, and tries to protect the agenda. The scribe is a note taker who captures everything relevant to the meeting and later disseminates it electronically to all attendees. And lastly, we have the devil's advocate. And this person questions lazy assumptions and speaks up to ensure the group adequately considers alternate views when making decisions. And here's a great tip. Formally appoint a devil's advocate for each meeting needed. Remember to end the meetings with explicit agreement as to what has been accomplished and what is yet not complete, and who is responsible for moving forward with any of the future meetings that will occur, and if you use the right tools and know which roles to fill, you can significantly increase your odds of having a successful meeting. And thank you for listening today and being part of the Emergency Management Network. And if you like what you're hearing, please give us five stars. Go to Substack and join us at the Emergency Management Network and they'll join the conversation. We'd love to have you. Until next time, stay safe and stay hydrated.